0: welcome to another episode of dating intentionally i'm talia your host and if you're new to the show i created this podcast to help you date with confidence while staying true to your values so you can find an amazing match and ultimately get into a secure long-term relationship but getting back into the dating pool and having fun while dating is tough to do when you're struggling to move on from a relationship or a situationship so that's what we're talking about today how to move on real quick before we jump in i want to ask you something Do you know what your non negotiable needs are in dating? I absolutely didn't when I got into a relationship with my ex, and it took me five years to figure out what I needed and that those needs would not be met in that relationship. Figuring out my non negotiable needs in a relationship and in a partner was paramount in my dating journey. And I want to teach you how to figure out yours. You can now join my new workshop called How to Identify Your Needs to Figure Out Your Non Negotiables and, most importantly, Learn how to vet your dates to see if they can meet them. I am so excited to teach this workshop because I know it will set you up for success in dating, whether you're actively out there meeting people or just taking a break. You can sign up for how to identify your needs by heading over to Instagram at dating.intentionally and clicking the link in my profile. It's happening on Monday, December 4th, but if you can't make it, sign up anyway because you'll also get the replay and all the content. Once again, you can just sign up by heading over to Instagram and finding me at dating.intentionally and you can click on my bio link. I can't wait to see you there. Okay, first I'm going to talk about why moving on is so difficult. Then I'm going to go get into my experience with moving on and what worked for me. I'm also going to share 10 specific tactics you can use to move on. And at the end, I'll be answering a listener email. Let's do it. By the way, if you want show notes for these episodes, because I know I give a lot of information, you can sign up for my email list. I am now sending out show notes, and that is also in my profile link on Instagram. When you sign up, you will get my nine post date questions and my template for tracking your dates. Okay, why is moving on so difficult? Do you ever find that you could get over someone you dated for months and sometimes years really easily, but then you get stuck on the person you dated for a fraction of the time? This is totally normal. And whether you're going through a breakup from a long-term established relationship or just getting out of a short-lived fling, it can be so challenging to move past these relationships. Whenever I was in periods of trying to move on, I used to wish I could just go to sleep and wake up and be completely over it. Wouldn't that be so great? Unfortunately, it just doesn't work that way. So why is it so hard? One of the hardest things about letting go is facing unmet expectations. When we expected a certain outcome in a relationship that didn't work out, there's still a part of us that's like, wait, why didn't that live up to my expectations? It can be really hard to let go of these. It's almost like an itch that you can't scratch, if you know what I mean. So it's tough for your mind to stop fixating on it. It's also where all those what ifs come from. You start to have this track in your head that goes, well, what if I did this or said that or didn't do X, Y, Z? Or you even question your personality or what you brought to the table. You might ask yourself, what if I was more this or less that? We get stuck in these rabbit holes of what ifs and it's hard to pull ourselves out thanks to these unmet expectations. Another reason moving on is so difficult is that it means admitting you were wrong or that something was not right in the relationship. If you really love someone, it's hard to admit that you had those rose colored glasses or didn't see their flaws up front, or maybe you ignored their flaws and you knew they were there. Admitting there were mistakes along the way means that you have to let go of the fantasy version of them that you've likely been holding on to. And sometimes it's hard to move on because it's easier to stay stuck rather than change. Change is really hard. Putting in the work required to really move on and let go is fulfilling and worth it, but it's also messy, challenging, painful, and sometimes exhausting. It's mentally and emotionally easier to stay stuck in a state where you're fixated on a relationship that didn't work out. Moving on means that you're going to start really putting yourself out there too, making you vulnerable to new experiences, which might also cause fresh wounds. Not fun. (laughs) Staying stuck means that you don't have to subject yourself to new experiences and new people, and it's a way to stay safe. That's okay if that's where you are. Another obstacle might be Blocking you from moving on is that you're clinging to the idea of them or putting the idea of them on a pedestal. This makes it so hard to move on because you're stuck in thought patterns about how great they are, which might make you pine for them or fixate on trying to get them back rather than recognizing the reasons it didn't work and why you shouldn't be with them. What you focus on becomes your reality, but there are ways to counter this and we'll get to them in a bit. Finally, there's our limiting beliefs. If you've ever thought that you're not going to find someone while healing from a breakup, you are not alone. I definitely had this thought many times when working through my most recent breakup. I had this deep-seated fear that I'd never find anyone as good, that I'm not good enough to be in a relationship and all that stuff. The cool thing about beliefs is that we can change them by rewriting them. And when we do that, it's like a domino effect. The rest of our life follows and falls into place in a way that aligns with our new beliefs. But if we don't put in the work to change them, we stay stuck and unable to move on. All right, I'm going to talk about my experience. I've had a few relationships that felt impossible to move on from, and I'm going to be focusing on two. One of them was my college boyfriend, who I think I dated traditionally like in a committed relationship for a year, and then we were fuck buddies or in a situationship for the remaining three years of college. It was a mess, but I struggled to get over him while in college, and looking back, I wish I had worked harder to let him go. But you know, this is how we learn. It's really hard to learn from your mistakes if you don't make any, so know that in dating and relationships, you will get hurt, but the good news is that there are always lessons you can learn. I wasn't really able to move on from my college boyfriend until I graduated and he was literally out of sight. So he was out of mind. After graduating, we didn't talk or text or follow each other on social. It wasn't until a few years later that he reached out to me out of the blue to apologize. It was definitely one of those moments where he said all the things I wish he had the ability or awareness to say back when we were in the thick of it. At this point, I I was already dating someone else you know, and moved on. The main thing that helped me move on from my college ex was separation, like geographical separation and no contact and dating other people. Moving on from my ex of six years was a different story. I think I did a lot of grieving in the relationship when we were still in it. Like I knew I was going to break up with him eight months before it actually happened. When I broke up with him, the following three months were euphoric. I felt literally so good, but this was also a time of major transition and I was so distracted. After we broke up, in the next few months, I leased a car, I found a new apartment, I booked a two-week trip to Italy, then I stayed in New York City for a month before going back to Seattle. I was just very distracted and out of my element, which helped me feel so amazing. Even the process of moving into my new apartment and getting my dog, Coconut, happened in a span of two weeks, and like that was part of why I felt so good. But then things started to settle, and that's when it got really tough. After those first three months, which were mostly happy and not too dark and emotional, it really hit me. I started dating and I had a short rebound. Then I took the holidays off from dating and got serious about healing. That looked like reading breakup books, picking up therapy again, dating other people and facing my feelings, especially facing my feelings. I also had relapses. My ex and I largely stayed out of contact During this period of time. And we haven't talked in over a year at this point, but we did meet up three times sporadically. And each time it sent me into a spiral of doubt, pain, anger, regret, all the things. So I learned that this process isn't linear. Even as the person who ended the relationship, I faced all the painful feelings that someone does when they're on the receiving end of being dumped. Over time, it worked. I kept focusing on dating and doing things that made me happy. I stuck with therapy and worked through my feelings. But honestly, I kind of hate to admit this, I didn't fully stop thinking about my ex until I left Seattle a few months ago. Because being in Seattle where we spent all this time together, it made me think of the past a lot. And I was always on the lookout for him because I knew where he lived and the places he liked to go. I only ended up running into him a few times and once he was on a date, which sucked, (laughs) but my point is, similar to my college boyfriend, I didn't really stop thinking about him until I physically left that location. I don't think this is good advice. This is not what I'm advising to do because it is unrealistic to just pick up and leave every time a relationship doesn't work out. I'm just being honest about what actually worked for me to feel fully moved on. And now I never think about these two exes outside writing this material for this podcast. The winter after my breakup and right before I started my Instagram account for Dating Intentionally, I journaled a lot. I got it all out. I learned that you can't really address things until you've aired them out. So I did that on paper. I wrote down lingering questions, frustrations, what I was angry about, and what I still resented about that relationship, even though it was over. At that point, I just remember feeling really angry and bitter most of the time. It felt quite literally like having a stone in my heart. I remember being able to physically feel the anger in my chest. I was angry about the time I had spent on the relationship, and I'm angry about how we couldn't make it work despite being kind, functional, and caring human beings. I was really angry about the things he said to me after the breakup when we attempted to give each other closure too. One thing that really helped me to deal with that anger and turn it slowly, painfully into gratitude was thinking about this quote from the book, The Artist's Way. The quote is, anger shows us where we want to go. I think working through my anger and figuring out what to do with it was the most complicated and taxing part of moving on but ultimately the lesson from The Artist's Way about anger leading us to joy sunk in. And I let it fuel taking different actions in the relationships I had moving forward. I hope you can find some nuggets of value in my story. And I basically want to say that moving on is messy. It's not linear. It's not easy. And the real remedy is time if you let it do its thing. I want to get into some of the more practical and tangible strategies for moving on. The first one is do no contact. If you are able to do no contact, this is the best thing you can do for moving on. You do not need to see your ex's name pop up on your phone screen, cut it off and definitely block them on social media. No, this is not a petty thing to do. It's part of your self-care. It will reduce your anxiety and stress when you can't see what they're up to online and make sure your friends know not to report on their activity. Like if they see them post up or if they see them on the apps or anything like that, they should not be keeping you in the loop. I know that not everyone is able to do no contact, especially if they work with their ex or if they have children with their ex. In this case, you need to have very, very clear boundaries about what you talk about and when. All right. Second thing is make a list of why it didn't work. This step was monumental for me and I know it will work for you. In your notes app on your phone, start a list of all the reasons it couldn't work out with your ex as well as all the things that you didn't like about them. I know this sounds mean, but it's really important to acknowledge these things to start to rewire your brain and counter any thoughts around wishing that they'd come back. Whenever you think of something new, add it to the list. And whenever you miss them, look at the list. Okay, the third thing is another list you've got to make, which is a list of what you want. Write down all the things you want in a partner and in a relationship. This is an unlimited list. It's not something that you're going to use in dating, but it will help you develop a goal or something to aim for. It kind of gives your brain of like a path. Like this is what I want. This is also where you can use your past relationship as a learning opportunity. Even though it didn't work out, there are probably some qualities your ex has or aspects of the relationship that you did like. So include those two. Turn up the volume on your hobbies and community all the energy you spend thinking about your ex, try to pour that into your hobbies and spending time with people who make you feel good. One of the best things about being single is that you have more time for yourself and more energy to pour into stuff that you like to do. If there's anything that your past relationship stopped you from doing, now is the time to go and do those things. And make a point to spend time with your family, friends, and colleagues that you enjoy being around, you know, people who lift you up. Another tactic is dating. Look, I know this is cliche advice, but it works. The best way to get over someone is to get under someone. I'm not saying you have to go out and have a hoe phase or anything like that. Of course, if that's what you want to do, go off. All power to you. But being open to dating or getting on the apps is a great way to put work into moving on. Even if you're not ready for a relationship, the benefit of doing this is gaining new experiences with new people and proving to yourself that there are people out there to date. No, you probably won't find the one when dating right after a breakup or when you're still working through a breakup, but it helps to create some emotional distance between, you know, your breakup and where you are now. When you date casually, just make sure to tell people upfront that you're not looking for anything serious so they know what to expect. All right. The next one is give yourself time and space to feel. If you're anything like me, sometimes you might get impatient or frustrated with yourself for not being over it already. I felt that way so many times in the last few years when getting over my most recent ex. You need to have compassion for yourself and meet yourself where you are now. When feelings come up, don't push them down. Don't beat yourself up for having them and don't expect that you should be over them already. Even if your breakup was like two years ago, sometimes these things just take longer than we expect. For me, when emotions, like tough emotions, come up, I like to pause, breathe, and identify where they are in my body. I find that identifying where they physically are in my body helps me acknowledge them and release them. I also write stuff in my notes app when I experience very loud or distracting emotions. Listen to dating podcasts and read dating books. So I'm just going to give you one recommendation for a book that helped me so much, and that is Breakup Bootcamp by Amy Chan. You can also follow Amy Chan on Instagram. She has great content around moving on. Another Instagram person I really like is Breakup Coach Nora, so you can find her there as well. But basically, find books around moving on, reconciling things, breaking up, getting closure, all those topics. You can Whatever resonates with you, read it. It will help you. I remember I put off doing this for a while and I distinctly remember the moment being like, okay, I have to take this seriously and just read the damn book. So I read Breakup Bootcamp and it is so good. Another one is releasing regret and forgiving yourself. If you feel like you've been clinging on to what could have been or just getting down about your past mistakes, it's time to release that. Work on accepting what happened and forgive yourself for whatever you've been holding over yourself. This breakup is just one moment in your very long, full journey in life. The best thing about breakups is they help us gain knowledge around what we want and what we don't want and where we can improve as partners. And I think that's beautiful. But we need to forgive ourselves and accept what happened instead of dwelling on what we regret. Keep your eye on the prize. Don't forget about your dating and relationship goals. What's your end game here? If you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to guess it's to find a long term relationship with a secure, emotionally available partner and maybe get married and maybe start a family. I'm just saying this for pure motivation, but if you want to get to a place where you're open to meeting that emotionally secure person, you've got to do the work of getting over this past relationship you're stuck on. And of course, healing is more about the journey, not the destination. But the more healed you are and the more moved on you are, the easier it will be to get into your next relationship. Okay, I have a little surprise bonus segment for you. Dear listener, this is kind of a big deal. And since you've made it this far in the episode, you're going to be introduced to someone very special to me to talk about his own method of moving on from a breakup. Dating Intentionally listeners, I'd like you to meet my boyfriend, Johnny, making his debut on this podcast. Johnny, how are you?
1: You know, it's not just my debut on this podcast, it's my debut on any podcast ever. So this is extra exciting for me.
0: I did not know that. Well, this is even more special. Pressure is on. Thank you
1: for having me. You know, I've practiced a lot and uh, I'm an expert in this field.
0: In the field of moving on?
1: Sure. Yeah, let's go with that.
0: Okay, so if I remember correctly, you and your friends have a very specific process for getting through breakups that involves a series of movies. Can you tell us a little bit about this?
1: I would be thrilled to do that. Uh, So we slowly developed this technique, I guess you could call it, over the series of many years of uh, many broken relationships between uh, my friends and I. And so what it ultimately comes down to is watching three movies in a row. And this movie series will take you from, you know, a fresh breakup to a completely completely reset person who just wants to uh, get back out there.
0: Wow, that's like, it's pretty high bar. Okay, so what are the movies?
1: Oh, well, obviously you start with something easy, like uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall.
0: Love that movie. Yes, I mean, that's like a perfect feel-good movie. What's next?
1: Oh, we just get right into it with High Fidelity. And that one, not nearly the same. So Forgetting Sarah Marshall, you start high, yet in the middle, you kind of get a low and then you come back up. High fidelity starts in the middle. It kind of just goes down, and it ends kind of in the middle. I guess you could say. I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen it. Yeah. Well, there's still time for you, so don't worry. Hey. <laughs> okay. What's the third one? Okay, and then you know, now you got this person who started up high. They're in the middle, and so where we're gonna go? We got to go even lower. So we take them all the way to the bottom with the eternal sunshine, and the spotless mind. Which, if you don't know, minor spoilers. The opening of that is just a shot of Jim Carrey bawling his eyes out and it doesn't really get better from there. That's
0: a movie I only wanted to watch once. Like if you were like, hey, let's watch Eternal Sunshine, I'd be like, no, let's watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, luckily for you, we don't ever have to watch that series of films.
0: Yes, that is true. Were there other movies that you guys swapped in or out, like that you tried?
1: Yeah, we've tried a couple different things, but that general trend of you know, starting high and really crushing them by the end is the thing that you need to go through the entire experience to come out of it feeling reborn.
0: And that's the point. So like, okay, how many times have you done this?
1: How many times have I broken up and watched this? Or how many times have we ran through this whole process? with No,
0: people? you, like for you.
1: Oh, personally, probably three times, I would say.
0: So what were the results? Like, did it actually help you
1: move on? I would say maybe I did move on. So that's a... Uh, The positive outcome, I guess. But, you know, this is really about just breaking somebody completely. You don't want to, like, come out of this thinking, like, maybe I should get back with them or, like, oh, I just got to – oh, I just can't move on. It's like, no, this shows you the bottom. You must get there so you can go on.
0: I get it. I can see that. Is this something you do right after a breakup? Like, when do you watch this series?
1: Yeah, so basically as soon as we can get the the victim – here, so whoever's been broken up with, or you know, if you've broken up, sometimes you still need to go through this process alone. No, no, you sure. bring them, you bring this person into your home, so you don't do this alone. No, that would be a recipe for disaster. You need companionship during this time, so you bring your friends in. They're there to you know pat you on the back or hand you shots of tequila or whatever need, whatever you need. So uh, yeah, not by yourself.
0: This definitely aligns with my advice of like surrounding people who lift you up and bring you joy. So I like it.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, mostly effective. I'm not going to say it's got 100% effectiveness. Sometimes people don't just have one shot tequila. Sometimes they have 10. And then, you know, sometimes they wander out of your back door and then they come back at four in the morning because they left their keys at your house and they've been wandering around town aimlessly since then. But, you know, that doesn't usually happen. Usually they just they get over whoever they're trying to get over. Was that you? <laughs> No, no, that did happen to somebody after this series, though. And uh, never forget to uh, take your keys with you when you go home.
0: Great advice as always. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I hope you come back someday to share more of your dating and relationship wisdom.
1: I would love to come back. You know, this is my first podcast experience and can't wait for my next one.
0: By the way, if you want your email to be read on the podcast and get advice from me, you can email me. It's datingintentionallypod at gmail.com, datingintentionallypod at gmail.com. And I encourage you to email me. You know, these are anonymous. I read them anonymously because someone else is probably going through what you're going through and you sending in your dating dilemma will help them feel less alone. So thank you to everyone who's already sent them in and keep them coming. Here we go. I, 28 female, am finalizing the separation from my ex-wife, 34 female. We were dating for seven years and married for one. We have a slow separation process, and I am still helping with our bi-weekly shared condo bills until the new year and our cat forever, so we are still in close communication. We still view and occasionally comment on each other's Snapchats and TikToks, and sometimes we have very short, pleasant text interactions But she keeps saying she doesn't want to be my friend, but I want to be hers. When I think about moving on from her, despite being the one to ask for separation, I react very negatively and almost go into a mental breakdown every time. I just feel so empty, unmotivated, and drained all the time. The idea of seriously dating another person makes me nauseous, and I don't do short-term relationships or hookups. What do I do? thank you so much for this email. Thank you for being open. I'm sending you hugs and I want you to know that it's going to be okay even if it feels really hard right now. I can relate to what you're feeling since you've mentioned being the one to ask for separation. You know, I've also been on that end of dumping someone and it is really hard. So you say that thinking about moving on gives you a negative reaction and I really think this is normal and part of the process. Dialing in your self-care here is going to help a lot and eventually this Like reaction will subside with time. You didn't say how long ago you asked for separation, but it sounds like it's pretty fresh. And it's clear to me based on your email that you're not ready to start seeing other people and that's okay. You do not have to give yourself time and space away from dating. You're still attached to her emotionally, which is normal. It takes a long time to undo that emotional attachment. It goes very deep, especially because you've been with this person for seven years. So it's going to take some time and active work. I don't recommend being friends. I don't recommend being in contact. When it comes to the cat, Look, I know this is a lot easier said than done, but one of you just has to, just has to own it. I don't think keeping in touch with the cat is helping you. And I know that is really hard because I understand with pets, it's like, I mean, it's heartbreaking. But ultimately, if you want to move on, pet-related communication needs to end too. I don't know your situation, but one option is getting a cat for yourself. This can help. Another option, of course, which I always recommend is going to therapy if you have the time and the means Um being able to talk with a professional will also help you navigate this process. And yeah, I mean, that, that's what I would recommend. I hope this answer helps. And I hope that you can focus your energy on taking care of yourself, getting a good sleep, doing things that make you feel good, and reaching out to your community, family, and friends, just like you reach out to me, is going to help. I'm rooting for you. And again, I want you to remind you that eventually it will be okay. Whatever you're doing now to move on, whether it's nothing or the bare minimum or literally everything I talked about and then some, you're doing great. Time heals. You're a whole ass person without whoever you're moving on from. You've got this. I want to thank you for listening. I'm going all in on podcasting at this point. So if you have thoughts on this episode or any episode you listen to, slide into my DMs on Instagram at dating.intentionally. I'd love it if you share this episode with someone who's navigating dating and might need a little confidence boost or some tough love. If any of these episodes have helped you in your journey, you can help me by leaving a stunning review on Apple or giving Dating Intentionally five stars on Spotify. I'd really appreciate it. Your feedback means a ton to me and helps me make this podcast as helpful as possible. I'll catch you next time.